This morning I'm going to start with something a little different. Normally we'll read, we'd read from the text up here, but I'm going to read from my phone. Um, I realize as a pastor of youth and, and kids that most people will access the Bible from their phone. I've also noticed that we have a bookshelf full of Bibles, some of them with names printed on them that no one has picked up, but we have very few phones that people leave. <laughs> and I feel like um, I want kids and youth to see that this is a way that they can access God's word. And I hope that they would take time to, to find a, a way to do that through their phone. I hope that you do the same because we know adults are no different, right? So we, here we are in John chapter 1, starting with verse 29. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, he being John the Baptist, and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, what are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You're Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. God's word for God's people today. Thanks be to God. All right. Well, I am uh, excited to be with you all. Pastor Don got to preach last week on the baptism of Jesus, which is really the main thing that John the Baptist gets to do. So I have whatever else John didn't do in my message today. And, um, you know, Don said to everybody, hey, um, when, when Jesus was baptized, there was a voice from God the Father that said, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I'm well pleased. And he had folks who, if you were here last week, he had you get out your phone or, or commit to tell somebody you love that you are my child or my friend in whom I am well pleased. Well, me, I go to Sunday school because I help with the kids. And so I didn't watch that until like the middle of the week. Now, my kids have friends here. So, you know, when I text them later on, hey, you are my beloved, my child in whom I'm well pleased, they're like, dad, you're late. So, you know, that, that's rough. But, but this message is a bridge. It's a handoff, okay? John was baptizing people, and not just Jesus, lots of people. That's why they called him John the Baptist, right? 
and people were following him. See, in a well-known Old Testament prophecy about the Messiah, Isaiah 41, it says there's a voice crying in the wilderness, preparing the way for the Messiah, the anointed one. And that's talking about John. He was getting ready for the kingdom of God, the coming Messiah. Now, when John meets Jesus at the Jordan River, when Jesus comes to be baptized, he truly sees Jesus then as the Messiah. Now, I know we just looked at this whole scripture and says, you know, John's like, I don't know. I didn't know this guy. And then when we talk about Christmas, we say, well, John and, and Jesus were kind of cousins. Well, cousins can mean a lot of things, you know, like we always say someone's a cousin. We can't explain how we're related to him, but we are related to him, right? So we don't know if they knew each other. Obviously, uh, John probably knew there was a guy named Jesus, but he sees Jesus for the first time as Messiah at this point. And that's kind of a big deal. But I do want to note that John actually recognized Jesus before the dove comes down. Because they have this little exchange, and Don talked about it last week, where John says, you should be baptizing me. And then Jesus is like, look, we got work to do. Just baptize me already, okay? But my question is, how is that possible? And the reason that's significant is because People in the first century were looking for a Messiah. They were looking for salvation and hope. But the salvation and hope they were looking for was from the Roman government that was oppressing them. So when they thought of a Messiah, maybe they were thinking of some kind of new king, someone of noble birth. Maybe they were looking for a political leader, someone with lots of charisma who could gather folks around them. Perhaps they were looking for somebody with some kind of military experience that would start a revolution. Very few people would have guessed that their Messiah would come from a backwater town called Nazareth. In fact, the Bible says when, when people talk about Jesus being from Nazareth, they say, can anything good come from Nazareth? You know, there are places in the Bible where people recognize Jesus. There are people who say, isn't that Joseph and Mary's boy? But here John the Baptist is identifying Jesus' divinity, that Jesus was the Son of God. He encouraged his followers to go with Jesus. And if that's not clear, we have Andrew and go and find his brother Simon and say, we have found the Messiah. He knew this because John identifies Jesus as the Lamb of God. My question is, what is it that John saw in Jesus? What made him call Jesus the Lamb of God? What allowed Jesus to trust, or allowed John to trust Jesus to hand off these followers, these friends he baptized and cultivated? You see, John came to prepare the way, the kingdom of God, and how John sees Jesus is really important. Now, there are lots of interpretations of Jesus. There are thousands of paintings that depict Jesus from infancy to the cross, and beyond. The resurrection, the whole bit, right? In fact, if you see a baby or, or a man of any age in an art piece, it's possibly Jesus. Wouldn't be a bad guess. Also, according to Gordon Cronwell Theological Seminary, there exist roughly 
43,000 different Christian denominations worldwide. These are expressions of faith with Jesus at the center, and they're different. 43,000. That's a lot. That's a lot. That doesn't include Republican Jesus, Democrat Jesus, any of the television or movie likenesses of Jesus. The truth is we tend to make Jesus in our image. And that is very sad because how we see Jesus determines how we see God. You know, a few years ago, um, it was a very popular trend to wear these bracelets among Christians. You know, to wear these bracelets that said WWJD, and they were all woven and things like that. Actually came from a fiction book written uh, in, and published in 1896 called In His Steps. And it's this idea that what would Jesus do? You know, people would ask that question. And it's hard for us to know what Jesus would do if we can't see Jesus, if we don't know Jesus I heard a joke the other day that illustrates this point and brings epiphany into the conversation as well. Epiphany is something where we we talk about the baptism of Jesus. Sometimes we talk about the wise men. Sometimes we talk about Jesus' first miracle. Someone dropped a $20 bill near me at the grocery store, and I thought, what would Jesus do? So I turned it into wine. (laughs) Now, if you don't know Jesus' first miracle, it's changing water into wine. Thank you. Um, But I'm going to be honest with you for a second. There are many interpretations of Jesus and what Jesus would do. And because of that, I'm not sure that we would recognize Jesus if he came today without someone like John the Baptist. Whatever John thought about Jesus, it's important to know he was so zealous in pointing people to Jesus that he ended up in prison. Apparently, the idea of a Messiah was not popular with the ruling class of the day. During that time, he sends two of his followers to actually go see Jesus. And we're about to read that account in Luke chapter 7. But before we do, I want you to understand that I think John knew who Jesus was at this point. And he's sending these two followers, probably for their benefit, but I think also for ours. So let's hear what Luke tells us about uh, this account. John's disciples told him about all these things. Calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to you to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Now that's a pretty, pretty good list. And we might be tempted to see this list of miracles as a display of Jesus' power. Kind of almost sounds like a little showing off going on, right? Listen, the blind see, the paralyzed can walk, the deaf, they're healed. And the list goes on. That's power, isn't it? 
But if I wanted to show you how powerful I was, I'm not sure if that's how I'd go about it. I probably would start with an announcement on social media. Maybe Twitter, uh, depending on how things are going, you know. I maybe would do a news conference, press conference. If I wanted to show power, I would have spoken in an amphitheater of the day, not on a hillside. If I wanted to show power, I'd have people carry me around, and I would ride around in a yacht. I wouldn't be walking around with 12 other homeless guys and riding in fishing boats. If I wanted to show power, I would overthrow the Roman government. But Jesus didn't go to, to powerful people. In fact, if you look at that list, it really reveals who Jesus is. Because Jesus went to the blind, to the sick, to the poor. In other passages, it tells us that Jesus went and was with sinners, tax collectors, women and children, the least influential people of that day. Power isn't what the Lamb of God is all about. Power isn't the way of the Lord that John was preparing. Now, sure, God has power, but what separates Jesus from every other voice at that time? Or for that matter, in history? When John saw Jesus, he saw compassion. John saw love that goes to the lost and to the least. Love that goes to the sick and to the lonely. Love that offers healing and wholeness. We tend to talk a lot in the church about the purposes of Jesus' death and Jesus' resurrection. But we don't talk enough, I feel, about Jesus' life. If you want to see someone, it's important to see for you to see their actions, what they do, and how they live. And Jesus' life showed a life of love. Now, I think that when John saw this, in, that John did see this in Jesus because Jesus saw and understood John. As we continue in Luke 7, Jesus will tell us about how he feels about John. After John's messengers left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxury are in palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet... This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. Yet the one who is the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Now all the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words, acknowledged that God's way was right because they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and the experts of the law rejected God's purpose for themselves because they had not been baptized by John. Jesus talks about John with great love and affection. Jesus, the Messiah, 
The one who came from heaven was genuine, personal, and saw John as his friend. This is the Lamb of God. In this week's email news, I uh, talked about how I was working with a church in Springfield. And um, I was going to talk to them about their kids' ministry, but I, I was supposed to meet with one of the people at a coffee house, but we had never physically met before, so I didn't know what they looked like, okay? How would I see them if I didn't know what they looked like? And I, I, they, they said, hey, I'm going to be wearing a red blazer. Now, if you'll look around the room, we have some people who love me who decided to wear red, and I, I see like a few red blazers even. Um, but when I went to this coffee house, there were three people wearing red blazers. This is in Illinois. They're not even Badger fans, folks. How does this happen? And I kind of left you hanging just saying, like, how was I supposed to see? How was I supposed to recognize? Like, John recognized Jesus. How was I supposed to recognize this person? It didn't take long. But I didn't need to worry about it. Because that person saw in my eyes that I was looking for them. And they came to me. And I think that's often the case with Jesus. Just when we hope to find him, we come to learn that Jesus was looking for us all along. In our very first scripture, Andrew, the disciple, asked Jesus, where are you staying? Jesus had been waiting for this question so he could offer an invitation Come and see. Come and see what love is all about. Come and see what love is all about so you can show others. Jesus wanted to show us what happens when we pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you ever think about those words when you pray them? We kind of have it memorized, don't we? We just go through the motions. But heaven is where God's will is done. And love is God's will. We often think about heaven as this place that we're going and that the point of Jesus is to get us into heaven, right? Now look, I I believe that one day I'm going to be reunited with God. I'm kind of excited about it. I believe that Jesus said he's preparing a place for me. Don't get me wrong. I believe he told a thief that this day you're going to be with me in paradise, but... I have an idea, and I'm the youth pastor, so don't worry. I'm not going to be preaching next week. So this, this could be crazy. This could be wild. Um, so just hear me out. What if Jesus didn't come just to get us into heaven? What if Jesus came to get heaven into us? John saw love in Jesus. Unconditional love. That's his confirmation that he had seen the Messiah, that he had been in God's presence. Let me ask you a question. What do people think about when they see you? Do you think other people see Jesus in you? Do you think other people see love in you? We're not that different from the first century world. Our world is hurting, and people are looking for solutions from politicians, from economists, from billionaires who are building rockets into space. But when Jesus was resurrected, 
He didn't give the keys of the kingdom to those folks. He gave them to his followers. And we're part of that legacy. He says to the church, we are supposed to be the ministry of good news and love. You know, tomorrow is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Dr. King had a vision and a dream. He was someone who talked constantly about love. And do you know, when, when the holiday was first instituted, it was an observance. But in 1994, it shifted to a day of service. I want you to hear uh, what Dr. King called a beloved community is based on. Here's what he said. These are, these are probably quoted words of Dr. King that you probably haven't heard. It says, a beloved community brings love, a type of love that can transform opposers into friends. It is a type of understanding goodwill that will transform the deep gloom of the old age into the exuberant gladness of the new age. It is this love which will bring about miracles in the hearts of men and women and everybody. The beloved community that Dr. King is talking about is the kingdom of God. I hope that you will take tomorrow and prepare the way of the Lord. Show someone love. Our youth is going to gather tonight, and we're going to make sandwiches during youth group to help part of a a citywide effort to feed people who are homeless. What are you going to do? I pray that you would use your words and actions and serve one another to help give people a vision of love, to heal their hurts with love, to bring the good news that they are loved. Because love is the way of the Lord, and Jesus is that way. Amen.